Hello, hello. Thanks for tuning in. Somehow it's this time of the week already. This is the NTT20 betting show, which we're calling the sound of the start of your weekend. Got some good feedback on that last week, George. Um, is it growing on you? Yes. How are you? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Yeah, fine, thank you. Uh, one of those weeks which has felt simultaneously busy and not that busy, and I'm not really sure what the uh, what the answer is. So considering we're heading into a betting show where we're looking for answers ahead of the weekend's docket, I'm not sure if I'm feeling confident, unconfident. I, I don't know where my head's at right now. So I'm hoping <laughs> that you're going to be bringing some clarity to proceedings. Uh, this is uh, another NTT20 betting show brought to you in association with SpreadX. Thanks to our sponsors, SpreadX. This podcast is for over 18s only. We ask that if you're thinking of having a bet this weekend to please be aware of the risks around gambling. Please do not bet more than you can afford to lose. And please visit Be Gamble Aware to learn more around the risks uh, surrounding gambling. George, uh, in SpreadX terms, a new week, a new offer for the listeners. Please talk me through it. What are they offering? Yeah, so a new offer for the lads. We're going back to kind of spread-focused offer here. Nice. So we're still going to be talking through the fixed odds bets. But this time, if you go to spreadx.com forward slash NTT20 and sign up for an account, then we're going to be focusing on two markets today, the supremacy market and the total goals market. If you place three spreads on either of those markets, you will get your fourth one completely free. The value of the free bet matches the lowest qualifying stake up to £25. That means if you have you know, three 20, 25 pound spread bets, the fourth one, even if it goes totally tits up, you won't have to pay for it. It's a free bet. So um, very good offer from the guys at SpreadX and a good way for people to experience spread betting. Because as I've said on all the, all the other pods, it's something that I do. I think it's a fun way to put your money where your mouth is. Um, and yeah, a good way to enjoy the weekend. For some people, phrases like supremacy and total goals bets, when we're talking about spreads, might not be immediately obvious what that is. Uh, would you like to run through that now or shall we yes. do that as we go? Why, why don't you do so now and then we'll put it into practice with our picks. So as with other spread bets, for those who haven't been listening to us, if you were to buy, I think total goals is the easiest one to focus on. So if you have a, a game where the total goal line is 2.8 to sell or three and three to buy, if you buy goals at three for £10, you make £10 for every goal over three. If you buy goals at three for £10, you lose £10 for every goal below three. So if there was only one goal in the game, you would lose two points and therefore £20. Similarly, if you wanted to sell, you'd be selling at 2.8. If there were only two goals, you would win £8. If there were three goals, you would lose £2. So you're basically going either side of the spread. For supremacy, it's... I suppose a bit more complicated on first view. It's one team's supremacy over the other. So looking, for example, at Luton versus Wickham, it's written Luton slash Wickham. That means Luton over Wickham. That is the way that's written on spread markets. One team slash the other means that one team over the other one. The Luton Wickham, for example, it's 0.65 to sell, 0.85 to buy. And this value is the winning margin. It's the value of a team over the other one. So if Luton were to win 3-0, it would make up three because three goals to nil. If you're buying at 0.85, that would be 2.15 points profit. Similarly, if you bought at 0.85 and it was nil nil, so the value made up zero, you would lose 0.85. Unbelievably sorry if that seemed complicated, but once we get into this, I'm going to try and promise you that it won't be. 
Yeah, we'll put that into practice now as we go through our selections uh, on what is, I think, quite a tricky EFL slate. Basically, I just want to use that phrase because as we started this season, I've really moved away from slate and I feel like it's time to go back to that comforting phrase. Uh, Such good memories of of previous season's betting shows. Last week, a mixed bag, probably not as good as we would have hoped. Your nap in Morecambe. Uh, was a good one, but you were frustrated by two draws, Birmingham and Plymouth both letting you down with one-all draws. Uh, my nap for the first time this season was not a winner, Port Vale in my bad books. Doncaster, very much the opposite. They got up for me, and then I had a couple of, of void bets, essentially. I picked Forest Green, draw no bet, and they drew with Bolton after we discussed the double chance draw no bet question, but I went draw no bet. That's fine. Get my stake back. Uh, and Carl Hawkins of Newport, sadly, did not play. Picked up a late injury, um, not related to the shape of his head, I'm led to believe. Uh, So that (laughs) bet was a void. We need to be a bit better this week, George. So let's get into it. What is your nap? What's your best bet ahead of this weekend? In the championship for the nap. And it is Blackburn Rovers to beat Cardiff. Uh, Spread X fixed odds price for this is 11 to 10 on the supremacy. You're buying at 0.5 Blackburn over Cardiff. And this is... A, a really nice matchup for me in terms of two teams that I'm having to pretty quickly recalibrate what I think of them. In Cardiff, you've got a side who have been basically desperate all season, apart from 25 minutes against Nottingham Forest, where Kiefer Moore scored twice, fairly scrappy goals to put them 2-0 up. Um, beyond that, they have offered very, very little to, su- to suggest they're going to be troubling the playoff area. Um, this season, uh, they're probably still judged to be a higher mid-table side. Um, I'm seeing very little. You know, a lot would have to change on the pitch in order to make me reconsider. It might be a bit knee-jerk to get on board with Blackburn, but at the same time, even if you don't think this Blackburn this Blackburn form is going to last for 46 games, there doesn't seem any reason why the he kind of form they're showing, the kind of displays they've shown over three league matches shouldn't continue. They were very good against Bournemouth on opening day. They've then won their next two games 9-0 in aggregate, beating Wickham 5-0 and then Derby away 4-0. In Adam Armstrong, they've got a striker who's very quickly becoming one of the best in the whole division. Um, in Tyree Stoden, they've got a really talented player who I'm looking forward to seeing more of, even though we can't probably expect too much of him. At the same time, he looks like a great, great talent. So, there's just a lot to like, and given the free-scoring nature of of their of their play recently, um, the supremacy is a good one to get with. Because you know we've seen Cardiff lose three nil against Northampton recently. We've seen how Blackburn can rack up the goals. We've got Adam Armstrong who scored five in his last three games in the league. They very easily could rack up a bit of a score. So if you were to buy at 0.45 and Blackburn were to win, say three nil, you would get 2.55 times your stake. Um, 0.5 buying obviously means if it's a draw, you do lose 0.45 and then obviously losing even worse. But it's a, it's a pretty strong one for me. I think Blackburn and Cardiff are still kind of not necessarily seen in the right way in the market. Um, and I am with Blackburn for my nap. Okay, nice. My nap's in, in League One. And I know it's a bit of a theme of my punting and sometimes it, it can seem a bit unimaginative. But I'm going to stick with it with a side that I've been quite sweet on the last few weeks and that's Doncaster. They're my best bet this weekend. They're playing against Wigan at the DW Stadium. And there's not a huge amount in it in terms of prices. Per spread X, you've got Wigan 6-4 to four and Doncaster 29-20. to 20, The draw 9-4. to four. So uh, they are not putting a huge amount between these sides, if I'm honest. And I don't think that is the case. I think Doncaster 
uh, are a much stronger team at the moment uh, compared to Wigan. And look, this isn't really one. This isn't really the pod for news, is it? Uh, but it is worth pointing out that Wigan had some positive news, which came out on Wednesday afternoon. Uh, a preferred bidder has been found by the administrators. An offer accepted. Uh, there's obviously still plenty of other diligence and red tape and various bits and bobs that has to go through. We don't know a lot about the uh, the preferred bidders other than that they are based in Spain. Uh, I'm feeling positive about the fact that this hasn't played out in the media. The fact that we hadn't seen this reported previously does not strike me as necessarily a bad thing. Um, but, you know, it's one of those moments where you have to be cautiously optimistic, I think, excited about the fact that the current period of administration might be over and that they can move forward under new owners. And then cautious, as always, with those who buy EFL clubs, we, we kind of have to judge them on actions rather than words. So um, positive signs for Wigan and their fans, hopefully a, a sign that the club can start moving forward. And there is obviously a little bit of time to, to make some additions to the squad if they can get that push through in the next week or so. But... Uh, this Wigan side has 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 obviously got a big win last week against Portsmouth. Um, that that was a game which, kind of true to form recently in, in in Portsmouth season so far. Portsmouth had more possession, more shots, um, and they can't seem to get anything right in the final third at the moment. Pompey, whether the bad vibes around the place is affecting the the mentality of the players and snatching at chances and and you know not as calm and composed as you'd like. I'm not 100 percent sure, but. Obviously, Wigan went ahead in that game and the winning goal was a magnificent free kick from about 40 yards, knuckleball style from uh, from Tom James. But it would be wrong to say that they dominated that game. Um, against Wigan, the week, uh, against Gillingham rather, the week before, they probably had played a bit better and, and, and were probably a little unlucky to lose that game 3-2. And on opening uh, weekend, of course, they lost 2-0 to Ipswich. I don't think that at the moment this Wigan side is particularly strong I don't think you can necessarily blame John Sheridan or anyone at the club for that because of what they're going through off the field I also don't think they are as bad as I thought they might be like this is not a, a Bolton from last season scenario this is not a team of youth players you know their front four for example Garner with Evans in the hole and Cal Naismith and Solomon Otterbor out wide you know th those are the sorts of players that can do some damage in the opposition third uh, in midfield they have got two youngsters Merry and Perry I love this they're called Merry and Perry they're both from Liverpool neither of them have played much before this season for Wigan and they wear the numbers 23 and 24 so for, for me they're like twins um, and I'm a little concerned that just an inexperienced duo like that if they're to be the ones that take the field this weekend, they're going to come up against a midfield trio uh, in Gomez, in Whiteman and in Richards that I feel like I've spoken about a lot recently. Uh, a midfield trio for Doncaster that's really hit the ground running this season that seem to complement each other very well, especially going forward where Gomez and Richards are providing a goal threat, where Whiteman's passing, um, we know to be very good at this level, is really, you know, they're absolutely purring that lot. And uh, even even ahead of them, players like John Jules have been playing well. Taylor was brilliant last weekend. It, it's a Doncaster side whose confidence seems to be growing week to week. And just on sort of basic betting terms, I, I'm just very, very excited that a team I backed last week at 10 to 11, and they won 4-1, you know, pretty comfortable, about as comfortable as it could have been. I can now back them uh, again at uh, 29 to 20 against a team in Wigan that, you know, it's hard to compare them to Bristol Rovers. They, they've got this sort of, I guess, a natural motivation based on their current situation and kind of fighting against the odds. But I think they're still, you know, quite on, on basic footballing terms. They're lacking a bit of coherence. They're definitely lacking defensive solidity. 
They've conceded the second most uh, expected goals so far this season in League One uh, behind Bristol Rovers, ironically. So we know that, that Doncaster were able to um, exploit Bristol Rovers' porous back line last week. I think they can do the same here against Wigan. So, George, I'm, I'm going to back them at 29-20. to 20. Also, I'm going to sell Wigan supremacy at minus 0.1. So, George, just remind me uh, in various different scenarios how that one will play out if I'm selling Wigan Supremacy at minus 0.1. So, when it's 0.1, it's basically 0.1 on either side. So, it's it's picking prices. It means that they they can't see, that they're not splitting the two teams. So, by selling at minus 0.1, you're effectively buying at 0.1. It's just the way that it's written. Um, and it means that, again, the same way, if it's a 1-0 victory um, for the side that you've sided with, at 0.1 then you're going to make 0.9 profit if it's a 1-0 defeat you're going to lose 1.1 point and and ever so more either side as it goes up and up and up so if, if you win 5-0 you're going to make 4.9 points profit um, so hopefully now people are understanding what we mean okay so I'm hoping that Donny A win this game and B pull clear of Wigan and, and exploit any gaps at the back what is your second selection ahead of this EFL weekend Second selection is Ipswich Town to continue their fantastic start to the season by seeing off Russell Martin's MK Dons uh, at MK Dons. The price on the fixed is even money. On the spreads, I'm buying uh, Ipswich Supremacy at 0.55, so just over half a goal um, we are giving MK Dons. It, it's, a, it's a really nice style match for me, this one, um, because as we now see... MK Dons under Russell Martin are going to pass everybody to sleep because <laughs> it is really boring. I mean, they're playing a back three where they've got Dean Lewington, age, six, uh, age 60, age 36, playing as a left-footed central defender, which is pretty rare to see that because Bailey Cargill on the left-hand side is also left-footed. But like Lewington in his last, in the, their last two games, as a central of the three as well, he has... I've tried 106 passes, attempted 106 passes against Crew. He attempted 124 against Lincoln with Bailey Cargill attempting 119. Like these are levels that you don't really even see like Benucci and Chiellini putting out for, for Juve. Like it's absolutely extraordinary and it's not getting them anywhere. They had two shots in the whole game against Crew. They were pretty toothless against Lincoln as well. And I can guarantee you that Paul Lambert is going to be very happy just to say, right, you guys have the ball. We know how solid we are defensively. You know, they haven't conceded a goal yet this season. Coming up, up against a side who are, who are struggling to find the net. I mean, I'd be very surprised to see MK Don's score here. I think it would have to be probably from a set piece um, or getting very lucky. I think that the, um, the likes of Nolan and Sears and even, you know, I guess having... Um, having uh, Hawkins there as, as somebody to hold the ball up for those players to run off could could work as well. It just, it, it looks like a bit of a mismatch to me. Um, and if I am right, and, and MK Dons don't, don't uh, create very much, then suddenly that even money about it switch to basically score looks like a big price. And again, they've won three games so far this season, 2-0, showing that they are happy to, you know, not just sit on their one goal lead. So buying at 0.55 on the Supreme is something I'm very willing to do. So it switched to get an away win add MK Dons and even money and buying the Supreme at 0.55. I wonder if uh, Milton Keynes will muster more than two shots total in this game. Um, you'd say they probably would, but who's to say? Ipswich is pretty solid defensively. It's definitely a game of nice 
pretty midfield players, isn't it? I mean, you mentioned how much MK Dons like to keep the ball. They do have some nice ball-playing midfielders in, in Sorensen, in, in Houghton, uh, and Glad- Gladwin as well. But Dozel has been really, really good in the first few games of the season, and that is very promising for, for Ipswich, of course. Uh, Flynn Esther's around as well. Um, just uh, Teddy Bishop has uh, has shown himself to have a scoring touch. So uh, a lot to like in the centre of the park in that game, that's for sure. And my next bet is... Bristol City to beat Nottingham Forest at 7-4. to four. Nottingham Forest are favourites for this game. Bristol City, uh, the away side, just under 2-1. to one. And I have to admit, it doesn't happen that often these days because the bookies are, are you know, generally, as we know, they, they do tend to, to be pretty spot on with their pricing. But this one really did stick out. I think to both of us, it, it, it's, it's probably fair to say, but I've grabbed it as my pick. I'm sort of wary of the fact that I have said, um, you know, about some of Forrest's games recently, not last week against Huddersfield, where they were just very poor, but certainly the one before against Cardiff, where I felt a little bad for Lamucci, the fact that they conceded such an early goal from a set piece, the fact that their striker Graben put one over from four yards. And uh, I felt a little bit, uh, I felt like he was being slightly harshly treated and, and, and slagged off. Um, last week against Huddersfield, albeit an impressive Huddersfield performance, uh, again, the, the, the amount of chopping and changing resulted in another pretty, just pretty iffy performance from this Forest team, didn't it? And, you know, as I said on the Monday pod, I'd like to see Lamucci get more time and I don't think they're going to continue losing every single game. Uh, however, I think that this is a horrible, horrible fixture for them because there's so much to like about Bristol City at the moment. Obviously, they're three from three this season. Um, we've spoken a bit about about how energetic they are under Dean Holden, and just how you know taking out taking out stats or anything. Just just watching this team, watching the way that they that they're playing at the moment, um, and the enjoyment that it looks like they're having playing for Dean Holden is such a positive sign so early on in the season. Especially after, uh, you know, all of the narrative that surrounded his appointment, um, you know, some of the fan base happy to give him a go after a good end to last season under his caretaker management. Some fans uh, less so were annoyed that they hadn't picked out a bigger name, calling it the cheap option, etc. Luckily, that noise has kind of died down now because Holden couldn't have made a, a better start, really. And look, we're going to actually go in depth on Dean Holden's Bristol City on Sky on Friday night. So um, if you're listening to this and it's before the Friday night game, please do get that on uh, around 10, 10, 15, uh, or get it on record so that you can watch back. We're going to be delving into what Dean Holden's Bristol City have done particularly well to start the season. Um, we've mentioned on the pod that Vyman and Patterson are playing in these sort of really advanced number eight roles with two up top as well and how that's kind of quirky and kind of exciting uh, and clearly these are two players who are very good going forward and who have been good enough uh, defensively that would be the concern wouldn't it when you have such attacking players playing in the centre of the park I actually think they can be really confident um, sort of taking the game to, to Nottingham Forest here I think it, it, it's it's going to be a nervous Nottingham Forest I think it's going to be a Nottingham Forest depending on how many more changes Sabri makes this time that are probably still going to be playing a little within themselves probably a little nervy a little timid um, and potentially guys who haven't played a huge amount of football together so given that last week's midfield trio was Colback, Arter and Sal um, who are guys who are more comfortable in their own half breaking up play than they are sort of really bombing forward and, and providing a goal threat. I think Vyman and Patterson can probably be quite confident um, getting forward, breaking beyond Chris Martin uh, with Naki Wells up there as well. I, you know, I really think Bristol City, 
if they if they start this game well, and they didn't start well last week against Sheffield Wednesday, but if they start this game well with a lot of energy, a lot of intent, I honestly think they could you know they could do the damage in the first half hour here. From a Forest perspective, I'm excited to see the new centre-back pairing. Uh, it was clear in the first two games that Figueiredo and Worrell were just not the not the ones that their partnership was was lacking any sort of, of cohesion. And so I'm excited to see Mbasso and, and McKenna as well. But I think Martin and Wells and the, the dual threat that they pose can definitely test out what is, you know, a young and nascent partnership uh, at the back for Forest. Um, so yeah, this is a team with with great energy that are enjoying playing under Dean Holden. They've hit the ground running and clearly playing for the manager. Uh, and I don't think you can say the same for Nottingham Forest at the moment. Um, when you're in a bad run like this, when the pressure is on, Lamucci kind of said himself, it's you're chopping and changing. You're trying desperately to to hit on something that works. And I don't think that's that's the right thing to be doing. I don't think that's particularly helpful for, for performances and results in, in the short term and certainly not in the long term. So I think it's all a little bit frantic for Forrest at the moment. Um, when you leave out Graben and Lolly as well, two big players for you the season before where however it finished, you did have a very good season for the most part. I just think that's a sort of statement that probably is not going to go down too well. And I'm a little bit concerned uh, for Forrest this weekend. So uh, I'm going to be backing Bristol City at seven to four. I think that is a very, very nice price. Uh, it also means I'll be selling Forrest Supremacy at zero. It's my second pick. George, where are you off to next? Well, just a couple of things. Firstly, that, that zero, just to clarify, means that if it's a draw, so if you're, if you're getting with Bristol City there and it's a draw, nothing done. So effectively, it's a draw, no bet, bet. Nice. Um, and just on the back of that, I just want to give another... Our, our point spreads seem to be going concerningly well. Worryingly we, well. Whenever we say a championship point spread, they go and do exactly what we want them to do next time up. Uh, and I think Bristol City are a buy at the moment. The spread is 62-64, so the midpoint of that is 63. And that's kind of where SpreadX are expecting them to to finish in terms of their points for the season. But if you if you take that into how many points left that gives them 55 points to get to break even from now until the end of the season not birmingham's point spread is 58 60 which gives them 55 points to break even to the end of the season so in effect you are spread x have birmingham and bristol city picking up the same amount of points to the end of the season similarly coventry 56 58 they are expected to get 54 points at the end of the season so spread x have bristol city just one point better than coventry Luton, another example, but they're down 51, so four points better. I basically think Bristol City are being massively underrated across all of these. It's important not... They got 63 points last season. It's it's important not to get carried away with early season form, but if you listen back to our pre-season podcast talking about Bristol City, we said, you know, we really like them. We like the business they've done, but there's a massive concern that we just don't know about Dean Holden. We don't know if he's a championship level manager. That still could be the case. It wouldn't be a massive surprise if come February or March, you know, he doesn't look quite as good as he does now. However, there's enough evidence in terms of what he's done in those three games and the system that he's playing to suggest that, you know, he, he he's no fool. Like he, he's no massive downgrade on what they had before. It, this isn't like a Jonathan Woodgate Middlesbrough scenario. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a really, really strong fancy. Bristol City's are the one team where if you're looking at that kind of bottom half of the market there, that there isn't really a ceiling. Like they were playoff contenders last season with, in my opinion, a worse squad and early signs are suggesting maybe a worse manager as well. So of all the points spread so far, that seems, it. yeah, the line seems, sorry to our sponsors and to anybody who's listening, but that, that line just seems wrong. I can't really make any sense of it. 
That's what it's all about. Uh, what's your next selection uh, in terms? I can't of, remember now. In terms I'm of this weekend, I reckon. You, um, I reckon you've got some goals for me. Uh, no, I don't. I've got another one in league. I, I will have some goals in a bit, which I'll do as my bonus ones at the end. Um, but also, sometimes in this game, Ali, we have to reevaluate what we said. And I was very sweet on Oldham preseason. I thought they sorted their stuff out. I thought the cure was a fine appointment, which is better than what we can say for most of their appointments. I thought the the recruitment looked good. Um, but they've been very, very poor to start the season. I, I still think, personally, that there will be sides who are worse than them over the course of the campaign. I, I still don't think they're going to be in that bottom kind of three or four. There's enough there. But right now, things are looking pretty desperate. And um, and they're playing against the Colchester side, whose home form has been very good over the past couple of years, who've looked solid at worst this season who in Giovanni Brown have finally got the player I think they thought they were getting last summer. He's started the season really, really well. Again, a new manager who we had to have concerns about, but those concerns are, are, are relayed somewhat by a very solid start. Their only home game so far this season was a 2-0 win over Bolton, which whilst that may not look too good, given that everybody can seemingly beat Bolton, it's still evidence that they are more than capable of dispatching a half-decent League Two side. Oldham right now are not that half-decent League Two side. So, it's it's again it's kind of not a particularly fancy price, um, but I think it's it's a pretty solid one with uh, Colchester odds on at seventeen to twenty to win the game. But I think I, this is one where I prefer the uh, the spreads, the supremacy bet at zero point six five Colchester over Oldham to buy. Uh, yeah, it would be a surprise to see Oldham win this one, and if they do, you can't really see it being more than just kind of a marginal victory, which would limit your losses to kind of one point six five points. Should they only lose by one, so should Oldham win by one goal? Okay, uh, nice. Yeah, my last of the sort of main selections is a goals bet. Uh, it's over 2.5 goals uh, in the Peterborough against Swindon game. Uh, four to five, the price uh, with Spread X. And I mean, <laughs> it's been a, a bit of a staple, isn't it, of, of football league punting for, well, probably about a decade now to, to bet the overs on, on Peterborough to go for goals. And actually, in the last year or so under Darren Ferguson, they've probably improved defensively to the point where you can be, in general, slightly less confident that their goals will just be, you know, four, five, six goals every single game. However, I think this particular matchup against Swindon uh, is, a, is a very, very good one for goals. And there's a couple of reasons for it. Firstly, I think that Posh, um, you know, they haven't been racking up the goals yet this campaign, have they? But I have a feeling that they've probably suffered with a bit of bad finishing spoke about Johnson Clark Harris and how he's taken the most shots in the league without scoring so far I gave him a couple of tips which he thought was uh, was a bit silly but uh, you know I'd like to see him uh, be a little bit more composed but I am confident still that while he's not going to score as many goals as Ivan Tony, I do think Clark Harris can score plenty in this Peterborough side and alongside him or rather just behind him or floating all the way around him as Siriki Dembele does <laughs> he's got Dembele who's looking like he's growing into a serious player and Smodix as well who we know to be a really really good goal threat who scored that goal uh, to win the game against Fleetwood um that they have got goals all through the, the the top part of the pitch and um although they've drawn two blanks already uh, against Sunderland last week they they kind of got shut down a little bit I'm not sure that Swindon yet I don't think I yet have the confidence in them defensively than maybe I would have done last season um they've only played one away game so far and they lost 2-0 to Blackpool in their home games, they've won 4-2 and 3-1. Uh, so we know that this Swindon side, 
well, we know first and foremost two things about them going forward. One, they they have good they they're good enough going forward, and the Wellens system is good enough going forward that on a good day they can create a fair few chances just off their own back. We also know that if any team they're playing against is sloppy when they play it around the back or in their own third. Swindon have the ability to press high and to win the ball back off them uh, and to score goals in transition like that. Now, I think it's unlikely in, in a game where P- Peterborough are the favourites that they will press to, an, to, to, to a really sort of um, intense extent, but that, that option is there and I do think that, that Swindon have a goal or two in them. But really, it's about posh. Uh, I do think that the quality they have going forward is going to start showing to a greater extent than it has done so far this season. I'm not sure that Swindon, away from home, just generally under Wellens, they haven't played particularly well uh, away from the, the county ground uh, and I think they're going to find it tough against Peterborough. But the fact that both sides are, are decent going forward, I'm just confident that this would be an entertaining game, a game with plenty of goals in it. So I'm going over 2.5 goals at four to five with SpreadX. Uh, and I'll also buy the total goals. SpreadX's line is 2.8. So, you know, it's a similar sort of scenario. I, I really need there to be three goals or more. I'm expecting them to be three goals or more. Uh, and any on top of that would be uh, would just be real bonus. So <laughs> hopefully I've not put the mockers on it. Hopefully it's not going to be some miserable nil-nil because that really would be a, a poor outcome. But that's my uh, goals bet for this week, George. I've got two, going to do them very quickly. AFC Wimbledon against Accrington, I'm getting over two and a half goals at 8 to 11 and buying goals at 2.9. Um, two of Wimbledon's games this season have turned into basketball matches. Uh, the first against Northampton away, where it was two all, um, where it was a kind of a ding-dong first half with no goals in the second half. And then, of course, AFC Wimbledon against Plymouth, where there were eight goals in the game in a four-all draw. Um no surprise to see AFC Wimbledon taking the lead 1-0 and that one turning into a really cagey affair. Naturally, I think if a team, the the kind of underdog side are going away from home and get a lead, they're going to try and sit on it. Um, I would expect this one to be fairly free-flowing and um, yeah, with the onus being on, on putting the ball in the back of the net rather than defence first and also the smallest possible sample size, but quite fun that AFC Wimbledon's only league game at Loftus Road so far has finished with eight goals. So let's hope that is going to be something we talk about as a trend in games to come. And uh, the second one is up in the championship. And this is uh, Luton against Wickham. I, I'm, I'm kind of a bit down on Luton at the moment, um, despite their good start. Not necessarily negative about them and their chances. It's the, I just, it's the shot stats, isn't it, mate? Yeah, it's just they're not having very many shots and they're scoring pretty much every shot on target. Um, and... I, even though I'm a big fan of James Collins, I can't really see that lasting. Um, so the goal spread here is 2.5, 2.7. I'm selling at 2.5 um, in the fixed uh, market, getting under two and a half goals at four to five. I think Luton will probably win this. Um, but even though Wickham have uh, can't stuck to nil three times this season, but you think of the Rotherham game, they were the better side and, and lasted until the 92nd minute. Against Swansea, they conceded twice early and managed to kind of steady the ship and, and not get put out of sight. I don't think Luton are going to be free scoring here. It wouldn't surprise me massively if it's a nil-nil um, or you know even a Luton low margin win, a one-nil or a two-nil, and we're collecting. So Luton, um, Wickham, unders or selling goals at 2.5. Yeah, fair play. Um, my bonus, as always, uh, centre-back first goal scorer pick. Just a quick shout-out to Steve Jones and to Charlie Harris, both uh, commentary fans. Last week, Carl Hawkins, we went 
back with him for a second week in a row. I was pretty excited. And as it turned out, Newport did have plenty of chances against Bolton. Sadly, Halkins didn't play in that game. So that bet was voided. Uh, last minute, I said, OK, I've got 15 minutes to find another centre-back. Two people within the first minute replied saying, you should back Ostergaard, the new Coventry guy on loan from, from Brighton. Now, I hadn't really, he hadn't been flagged up to me yet, but the fact that there were two blokes within a minute made me think that was quite a good shout. So I, I backed him, I think it was 33s, uh, and 20 minutes in, he hit the angle of post and bar. It was like three inches away from going in. It would have been a hell of a thing. So thank you to Steve and Charlie. I am going to back Ostergaard tonight, Friday night, in the game against Bournemouth, that's for sure. He's available at 40-1 to 1 with uh, with various. But I'm also going to back Tony Craig of Crawley. Why? Because Crawley are playing against Southend. And while it brings me no joy in saying it, I think that these teams who start the season in such chaotic form um, and who are a little bit all over the place defensively, I just always think that you know, in a game that Crawley are going to be so up for and they're going to try and absolutely dominate. Uh, I'm just a little concerned that Southend are going to be facing a lot of set pieces here. Tony Craig and Jordan Tannicliffe are the Crawley centre-backs and I can't really pick between them, to be honest. I think Craig, with his experience, he's been there and done it um, for so many years. I think that he's probably the one. So I'm going to be backing uh, Tony Craig first goal scorer this weekend and uh, yeah, uh, hope that that bears some fruit thank you very much for listening to uh this week's betting show it's brought to you by spreadx uh we've been through a few different spread bets this week um match specific ones with supremacy or total goal so hopefully you've uh, understood if you didn't already hopefully uh something has, has tickled your interest because if you go to spreadx.com forward slash ntt20 and sign up to a, a new account well the offer is if you place three supremacy or total goal spread bets, you get a fourth bet for free. So if you join and place three supremacy or total goals football spread bets, you get a fourth supremacy or total goals football spread bet for free. The free bet stake is uh, whatever the lowest of your qualifying bets up to £25 was. Terms and conditions apply. You can find those on the website. Uh, again, we ask that everyone having a bet this weekend be gamble aware. Do not bet more than you can afford to lose. And uh, yeah, that's been the, the sound of the start of your weekend. That's been the Not The Top 20 pod betting show. Catch us on Sky Sports tonight after the Coventry-Bournemouth game. We've got plenty to talk about. Uh, you can catch me as well on the Quest highlights on Saturday night. And we hope that you'll tune in to both of those. And thank you so much for listening. We'll talk again early next week.